0: Welcome to the CJOB Sports Show. On this episode, Ted Wyman of the Winnipeg Sun joins me to talk about Carrie Anderson's roller coaster week at the World Women's Curling Championship. It all comes down to Friday to clinch a playoff spot, book Canada's spot in the Olympics. It's a lot on the lines. So we'll get you caught up to date. Plus, Andrew Collier, GM of the Goldeyes, explains why they're starting the 2021 season in Tennessee. That's coming up on the podcast. Kerry Anderson losing this afternoon, 7-5 to Japan. Anderson now 6-6 and in a playoff spot for now, but only one game remaining. And to talk about the chaos that we anticipate over the last four draws of the Women's Curling Championship is Ted Wyman of the Winnipeg Sun. Ted, how are you doing tonight?
1: Doing well. How are
0: you? I'm doing well, Ted. Uh, first of all, this how hard has it been for you to cover this tournament without actually getting to watch the games on TV?
1: Uh, that's a really funny question. I was thinking about it as uh, you were talking there and, you know, I-, I think it's been an incredibly hard ask of the curlers to go through what they've gone through. You know, I mean, and I think it's understandable that there's some weariness for team Carrie Anderson in particular, because they've been in the bubble for so long. And then I was kind of laughing in my head saying, you know, it's even been kind of crazy covering this thing because Not only has it been a long grind of a lot of different curling events, which we're not actually at, but on this particular one, we're covering it without being in the building watching the games, without it being on television, and we're sort of covering it off of Twitter and one overhead feed of the house that we get from Curling Canada, Um, and no, it is not easy, i got to tell you, but uh, I think it pales in comparison to what these curlers are going through to try to win a world championship right now
0: yeah absolutely we, we're not complaining we're just it's just a, a tough circumstance with the COVID getting into the broadcast crew they will return to tv tomorrow afternoon and it is possible ted that canada won't play another tv game if they don't uh come through because their last game is tomorrow morning just the way the schedule worked out uh, before we get into the permutations let's just talk about the week that's been for carrie anderson starting one and five winning five in a row and then losing again today six and six I mean, what a roller coaster it's been for this club.
1: (laughs) Yeah, you described it exactly right, and that's how uh, Heather Nedwin, the coach of Team Canada, described it earlier today. It really has been a roller coaster. And the interesting thing, I think, uh, uh, Christian, and what Kerry Anderson would say as well, is that they've really been in every game. They've had a chance to win every game. It's been kind of about small bits of execution. And I think when you get to the world level, when every team is as good as they are, those little bits of execution mean so much. And Canada had those problems in uh, in falling to 1-5. and five. They just weren't taking advantage of their good situations. And really, they changed that entirely. They won five games in a row. They got to 6-5. and five. Still looks not too bad for them getting to the playoffs, but a little bit of a fallback today against Japan. And again, today against Japan which is a team that won't make the playoffs. Japan absolutely out, out executed Canada. They they made the shots when they needed to. Canada missed one or two and that's all it took.
0: And it's not like Canada at the start of the week Ted was losing to Schmucks, right? They lost to Switzerland who's 10 and 1. They lost to the RCF, Russia whatever, 9 and 2. Sweden <laughs> is 8 and 2. The US are 7 and 5. And they beat Scotland, who was 6-4. and four. They lose to Germany, who's 5-6, and six, and Japan, who's now 4-7. and seven. But, I mean, to start the week, they, they had a really tough schedule out of the gates.
1: Yeah, absolutely they did. But, I mean, I think the situation is that Carrie Anderson and her teammates are easily one of the very best teams in the world. And in so many circumstances, they can win those games. It just turns out that they didn't in these circumstances. You know, uh, they just weren't able to get the job done. And, you know, I'm not going to try to make excuses for them. And I'm certainly not going to be overly critical of them because their situation is really difficult. And I think Brendan Botcher's team, which is another one of the best in the world, proved how hard it is to play in the World Championship these days. The the other teams around the world have done a wonderful job at getting better. Uh, Canada has helped them to get better. Our coaches helped them they come over here and play on the tour in Canada and they have gotten so much better it's great for curling overall but it's not great for Canada in these competitions because it's hard when they get there to win these games
0: well and this was a conversation being had earlier in the week it was a conversation I remember very vividly I'm sure you do too in 2018 when we didn't medal at the Olympics in either men's or women's and uh, it became this referendum on Canadian curling, just like it is when we don't win gold at the World Juniors. Guess what, folks? Other countries can be good at this sport, too, and win medals as well. We don't have a monopoly on dom- world domination for junior hockey and women's curling and men's curling. I think it's, like you said, I think it's only it can only be good for a sport if we're not winning every year,
1: right? I agree with you. I think that uh, where maybe I would differ in opinion here, though, is that Yes, it is understandable that Canada is not uh, as dominant as it once was, but maybe we need to do some thinking about how we can get back to being as dominant as we once were. You know, I mean, those two uh, situations at the 2018 Olympics where Canada did not win medals, that's not an outlier now. (laughs) You know, 2019, no medal in in women's curling. Um, And now this year, no medal in men's curling and potentially you know, a very difficult situation from here on for Carrie Anderson to try to win a medal here. I mean, I'm not saying she won't and her team won't, but uh, it it's going to be tough. They're in a really tough position. So, you know, I think it is probably going to be worth uh, the curling powers in this country to take a look and see what needs to be done to try to, you know, elevate again to the point where at least we're medal winners each time we go out to these things, because, you know, it, it's great to help the other countries get better. But we also have to make sure that we dominate at a sport that we're very good at.
0: So do you have any ideas then?
1: Well, that's a good question. Uh, I, I guess putting I you on the spot really, here. <laughs> yeah, you're putting me on the spot a bit. But, you know, it's hard to deliver that right at this moment. Right. Um, but, uh, you know, I've talked to Colleen Jones in the past about this. Uh, and she is definitely on board with the, the situation that I'm suggesting, that Canada needs to make some changes. And one of the things that she's adamant about, uh, Christian, is that Canada should uh, decide its Olympic participant earlier so that there's mm-hmm. more time for that team to grow as an Olympic team, uh, to spend a season perhaps as the Olympic team, and then to go to the Olympics and compete. Now, the truth is, that's what most other countries are doing. Very few of them do it the way Canada does, where we have an Olympic trials where uh, 10 men's teams and 10 women's teams work over several seasons to qualify to be part of that Olympic trials, and then they try to win that Olympic trials, and then they get there. And then they've got to go and compete as Team Canada, and I don't know if that's You know, there are people out there that would suggest that that's not the best way to do it. It might be better to give them more time to prepare to be there as Team Canada. And I think there's also a suggestion sometimes that the World Championships for Canada uh, are so close to our national championships that perhaps there might be a little bit of burnout sometimes, too, when Team Canada gets there. So I think if there's anything I would suggest, it might be looking at the schedule of how these things are decided
0: well i mean burnout this year especially because of the bubble situation i mean we're we're i think we're seeing that a little bit here so let's take a look at uh, if we can the what has to happen now for canada they got one game left it's against china so they the best they can finish is 7 and 6 the way the standings currently look is canada in sixth at 6 and 6 denmark is 5 and 5 germany 5 and 6 korea 5 and 6 and then china 4 and 6 scotland ahead at 6 and 4 so It looks like they need help to get in, right?
1: Yeah, I think if they win that game tomorrow against China, I really like Canada's chances. Um, Seven and six, it would have surprised me at the beginning of the week if you told me that seven and six was going to get into the playoffs. But their scenario isn't bad if they win that game. Um, So at least get a tiebreak. But there's no tiebreaker games. That's the situation oh, as well okay. that needs to be understood. At the World Curling Federation, there are no tiebreakers. But they did okay. beat Denmark. That's they did huge. beat Scotland. Um, you know, they did. Uh, they lost to Germany. China would potentially be in that mix, depending on their game tonight as well. So you, you know, you've got to have beaten them to even be there. If you lose to them, it doesn't even matter. So. Right. You know, I do like their situation. Plus, then uh, if it's three-way ties with, where everybody's beaten one another, it comes up to, down to the last stone draw competition, and Canada's been pretty good at that. They did not have a good day at that today. They dropped a couple of spots in the standings, but I think that they're doing, they're looking okay against most of those other teams that they would go up against. I, I think the odds are in Canada's favor to make that playoff spot. And qualify for the Olympics if they win tomorrow, but it's not guaranteed by any means.
0: Because Denmark five and five plays Estonia tonight. You'd think that'd be a win. They lay the Czech Republic in tomorrow night's draw. That's probably a win too. And then they got Scotland tomorrow morning, which might be the the real backbreaker, critical one now, on the ice at the same time that Canada plays China. that's a 10 a.m. start will not be broadcasted, so we'll have to do the same thing we've been doing, and then just checking in quickly on line and whatnot, before I let you go, Ted, just explain to people uh, what has to happen if Canada doesn't make the playoffs.
1: Can we yeah. still
0: get into the Olympics?
1: Yes. <laughs> How? But, so what would happen is uh, there will be a last chance playoff for the final four spots in the Olympics, which will be played in Europe at an undisclosed at this point or even unknown location in December and there will be either three or four teams in that. And that depends on whether China qualifies for the Olympics here or not. If China does not qualify, and right now it looks like they won't, there will only be three spots available in December because China is gonna be there as a host team. And the really crazy thing about this question is that Canada's Olympic trials are in November. So the team that would win for Canada, that would represent Canada, uh, at the, you know winning the Olympic trials conceivably may have to go in December to the last chance tournament just to qualify for the Olympics. And Curling Canada has not even made it clear whether that would be the team that even went to the qualifying tournament. So there's a lot of variables in the air right now when it comes to this. And, you know, I think nobody really expected to come to the point where they would have to do it. Tomorrow is going to be the determining factor whether that needs to happen or not.
0: Yeah, they can make it a lot easier on potentially themselves if they go through the trial or whoever else comes out of it for the women's uh, curling trials. The men's already guaranteed the spot with Botcher making the playoffs. Ted, appreciate your time as always. We'll be uh, looking forward to uh, how it all breaks down tomorrow.
1: Yeah, it's really going to be an interesting day for sure. Thanks, Christian.
0: News today. That the Winnipeg Goldeyes will not start the season in Winnipeg, and there are many things I realize I took for granted before the pandemic. I think going to Goldeyes games was one of them. I thought of a a fairly carefree summer evening at Shaw Park, you grab a beer, you sit in the shade. It seems so tantalizing yet distant, right? No home games last year. COVID numbers continuing to rise in the province this year, and so they will begin in jackson tennessee unlike last year where they had to share their quote-unquote home park with fargo moorhead they actually get their own digs in jackson announcing today that's where they'll at least start the campaign first week game is two weeks from tomorrow it's may 21st and here to talk more about the decision is andrew collier he is the general manager of the gold eyes andrew thanks for coming on the show tonight how long has this contingency plan been in the works from your end
2: Um, it's been ongoing for a little bit. I know Sam was trying to find us a a home away from home once we realized that uh, playing the first few home home series on the road and then returning home sometime in June probably was a little optimistic, so we had to look for alternatives, and uh, Jackson emerged as uh, a good site to be.
0: And what made Jackson stand out for you?
2: Well, they were one of the 40 teams in minor league baseball that lost their affiliation when MLB cut out 40 of them last year. So they were – a number of the teams found other leagues to play in, like Keene County joined our league. Um, Yeah, so a a bunch of them joined um, other leagues, but Jackson – didn't have, a, didn't have a league, didn't have a team. They have a great ballpark, and uh, yeah, it was just a, a good alternative for us.
0: And so what is the plan then for spring training, getting ready for the season, et cetera? Is everyone going to meet in Jackson then soon?
2: No, right now uh, our whole team is in Milwaukee, home of the Milkmen. We're using their field for spring training. We're sharing their field with them for spring training. Uh, We'll have four preseason games in that area. And then on uh, May 13th, we'll go down to Jackson to get set up. And then our season opener is in Sioux Falls on May 18th.
0: Is uh, a healthy portion of the team vaccinated just because they've been so much more available in the states than they have been up here?
2: Yeah, I would say about a quarter of them are fully vaccinated, and the rest of the team will get vaccinated on Saturday down there.
0: So, must be nice to have that access then.
2: It, it's very nice to have that that opportunity to to get our players protected, and uh, when we are able to return, it'll be uh, I think it'll be reassuring for everyone that not only our team but the visiting teams that are coming up to play us will be fully vaccinated.
0: Important to note, Andrew, that this is at least for now temporary and the hope is still at some point this summer that you'll play home games at Shaw Park?
2: That's our hope. Yeah, it's uh, it's completely out of our hands when when the federal government open up, opens up the border and then up to the provincial government to allow us to have fans here. I know the way things are going right now, it's it's not great, but it, it will get better as long as everybody continues to do the right things and and uh, hopefully get vaccinated when it's when it's their turn.
0: The fact that the team has gone through this once already, playing in the states, does that make it a little easier to, to handle this again this year?
2: Um, even easier having a having a home, having to share a ballpark with Fargo and and live on the road essentially, and never having home fans was was difficult last summer um but we've gone through it once i think this season having a having a staff in jackson that is excited about having a team again exciting about having baseball and and i hope that the former fans of the jackson generals will embrace the gold eyes and american association baseball when uh, when we start playing there on may 21st
0: so have you talked to folks there about the fact that they're going to have kind of a refugee team there
2: yeah yeah we've talked to uh, many conversations with with the staff in Jackson and they're working round the clock to to get ready for may 21st They've basically got uh, two weeks to to get ready for a home opener that they didn't know they were going to have a couple days ago or a week ago so they've got a lot of work to do, but I know they'll uh, they'll pull it off and they're gonna put on a good show for the for the fans in Jackson
0: and what kind of facilities do they have down there?
2: But it's a great ballpark. It's a double-A ballpark that was built in 1998. It uh, holds 6,000 fans, the double-A baseball between '98 and, and 2019. So it's a, a quality ballpark that uh, the Arizona Diamondbacks double-A affiliate called home for uh, for many years. So they, uh, they know what they're doing, and, and it'll be a great site for us to be.
0: And so what what do you do now? Are you're still up here
2: <laughs> i'm I'm still in Winnipeg for now um may may head down there just to help them get things set up, but I'll continue as my role as g m from here and and provide assistance to rick in in whatever he needs and assistance to the staff in jackson to to help them get going and and throughout the season.
0: Uh what are the expectations for the team this year? I know that they were off to a, a pretty solid start and then it just seemed like the road life took its toll on the team last year.
2: Well, hopefully we don't run into that again by having a a a, a place to call home. I think living living the whole summer and and never having never having a, a home ballpark or home fans took its toll on the team near the end of the summer last year and hopefully we don't have that this year because we we will basically have a home
0: now you're a baseball guy while i have you on the line a big news today that albert pujols has been released by the the angels did that news come as a stunner to you as it did to me
2: yeah i was looking at twitter and i saw that i was uh i was shocked but uh yeah he's in the last i think he's in the last year of his 10-year deal and and the angels aren't aren't off to a great start so they they need to make some moves and probably want to get some of their prospects in there. Probably wasn't an easy decision, but they're they're trying to win ball games and and doing whatever they can to make that happen.
0: So a 41-year-old who certainly doesn't, you know, he doesn't have much left in the tank, but he's batting under 200. He's fifth ever in home runs. He's got 667. Do you think someone's going to pick him up?
2: <laughs> oh, it's entirely possible, sure. Yeah, if somebody's looking for a, a DH that that uh fits fits in their team, who knows?
0: What are the Goldeyes interested? <laughs> or is that hey, a little expensive. Sure.
2: We we've got a veteran spot available. We can uh I'm sure we could find a spot for a
0: Might need a, a maybe a tiny pay cut?
2: He'd have to take a bit of a pay cut. Yeah, but I think uh I think he could afford that with the uh the last contract and, yeah. and the previous contracts he's had.
0: I don't think money is an issue for him. I don't think so. All right. Andrew, appreciate your time as always. Uh, Good luck with the season, and we'll check in later on.
2: Thanks, Christian. Take care.
0: Well, thank you very much for listening to the CJOB Sports Show podcast. If you like what you heard, guess what? You can hear more every weeknight on CJOB from 6.30 to 9 p.m. Of course, that is when the Jets are not playing, because if the Jets are playing, then I don't have a show, but I'll be part of the pre- and post-game coverage. Anyway, thanks again for tuning in. Subscribe if you'd like. We're available on iTunes and other places i imagine. So farewell until we meet again. So
1: long and thanks for all the this So sad that it should come to this. We try to warn you oh, all the You may not share our intellect, which might explain